0: We're back. We're back. Yes, indeed. Thank you. During October, it can be werewolf back.
1: Ooh, you know, ma- that's that's
0: dumb. I started early with a bad
1: a no bad dumb. no a bad dumb, <laughs> 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 a bad dumb. It's a bad dumb. That's bad. Wrong. Badong. Never mind. It's <laughs> like a kung pao reference. <sighs> uh,
0: hey. um. i don't know where to go with that yeah again uh i did watch a weird documentary last night yeah did you ever hear the story about the guy in like granby colorado that like armors up a bulldozer and just destroyed the town yes so there's a documentary on that now on netflix Mm. yeah it's really good it's called tread
1: i'll have to look it up
0: yes so should you audience please
1: Tell them we sent you. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Let Netflix know we're on the lookout for a sponsorship
1: <laughs> for an audio podcast.
0: <laughs> I'm sure there's some tie-in that makes sense. Yeah, I'm sure. Um. Oh man. Uh. Before. Yeah. We we go anywhere. Let's thank our <laughs> patrons. Yes. Speaking you. of sponsorship, mm-hmm. it's because of patrons that we don't need a sponsorship. Exactly. Depending on what you're offering on that sponsorship, I guess. Yeah,
1: I mean, we're not just throwing that out, but we're not throwing it away either. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, in no particular order, let thank you, Saria, Chelsea, Shelley, Jennifer, Brian, Travis, Tyler, Jeremy, Lindsay, Jesse, Sean, Catherine, Holly, Cindy, Allison,
1: and Brian. Thank you. You guys rock. Thanks, everybody.
0: Yeah, Yeah, just paid the bills. And because of these fine people, we were able to pay the bills. So that's always good.
1: So you're saying we're okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're still in the black. Or whatever that period is between red and black, we're right there.
1: (laughs) Well, that's (laughs) a positive is still a positive. Yeah. (laughs) It's like a zero. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, breaking even. We're definitely (laughs) non-profit. But
0: also, yeah. we're a member of the Voice Press Network. You don't
1: say. Yeah. yeah. So
0: you can go to thevoicepress.com and check out some other finely curated and independently produced mm-hmm. podcasts. The finest. Uh, and it looks like the the network is adding two new shows what? in the near future. Wow. Mm-hmm. So on our next episode, we'll actually be interviewing uh, Mr. Gregie Amiziole who is is going to be debuting one of the podcasts. So keep an eye out. It's exciting. As more information mm-hmm. occurs, yeah. Yeah,
1: it was good. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um but let's talk about Randy. Yeah. So this week we get Randy Wilburn and I didn't know this. Um this guy's been doing podcasts since like podcasts were invented apparently. <laughs> I mean <laughs> for so long. Wait, since the um,
1: 90s? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's,
0: I'm kidding. Isn't the first podcast pred- credited is like 2007 <laughs> or something? Somewhere in there, I think. Oh
1: three? I don't remember.
0: Yeah, but uh, yeah. So Randy's been doing it for a long time. He does a he does a podcast called I Am Northwest Arkansas. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it. But um, you know, it was one of those things where like I encountered it because uh, I don't remember when when I saw his show come together. But it had a very similar, like uh, you know, interviewing creative people, business people. It's a little more business oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, but we ended up sharing a guest. I hadn't really listened to the show a whole lot. I'd listened to some and the sound quality is fantastic, which it yes. would be. I mean, he's been doing it for, you know, a decade. And uh we had a we had Adam Evers from Blue Mania mm-hmm. who also was on his show, yeah. and so I listened to his, just kind of hearing, you know, like comparing those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just does an amazing show. And he's also, you know, a, a genuine entrepreneurial businessman, right? Yeah. He's been doing yeah. it for a long time. He's a consultant. We talk about all that as well. Uh, but so his take on an interview like that is just going to be totally different yeah. Um, yeah. from a very different perspective. Mm-hmm. But he, this is another one of those people, like as soon as the pandemic's over... Or I guess, however that ends, but uh, mm-hmm. like I just yeah. want to get coffee with Randy. Yeah, like you just want to sit and listen to this guy talk and give you advice, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, yeah, it was just a super fascinating show, and I'm really glad we finally got to sit down and talk to him because yeah. it was a wealth of knowledge.
1: It, it was. Sure. It was a. It was a good time, and you know, we've had quite a few interviews. It seems like lately they've just flown by. As you're yeah. as you're talking, it's just like, wait, what? How could this be over already? Can can we stretch to the two (laughs) hour mark? I know
0: some of the shows we talk about it in here, even like some of the episodes are getting like longer and longer and longer. It's like, I've got to try to like Uh. dial this back a little (laughs) bit more. Um, but yeah, anyway, it super fascinating. Definitely could have gone and we could have talked about a bunch of different stuff. And so we kind of like, you Mm -hmm. know, leap from lily pad to lily pad in, in this conversation, um, getting from place to place, but it, just it was great it was super fantastic Mm -hmm. and Aaron after last week or two weeks ago we asked people to you know leave a review or share the show yeah and we got some new reviews which are heartwarming and wonderful and so I would just say hey we're always open for a round two Mm -hmm. um it's a way that you can write Aaron and I a love letter just (laughs) put that five-star love letter out there yes uh but It really goes a long way into helping people discover the show, Mm -hmm. listen to the show. So, uh, you know, as people are starting to kind of like find that new normal and looking for stuff to listen to, this is a great time to capture new audience as well. Yeah. Um, So if you if you find yourself with a couple seconds, just swing on over and tap the five stars and then, you know, write a short Mm -hmm. blurb if you want to. And you could be featured on the on the website.
1: Oh, my God. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Do it.
0: Look what I did. Dot net could have your quote. Make it poetic. Make it lyrical. Write it all up on make it. Make a yeah. poem. A poem Dude, review. Make yeah. a poem review,
1: and and if it's printable, <laughs>
0: that- <laughs> 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 we'll put it up there.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. that would. Uh, I tell you what, you do that, we'll post it on our Facebook and our Instagram.
0: There you go. Uh, I'm looking yeah. for a poem.
1: A poem. Man, yes. such a good idea. A poem review. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, You know what? What's that? If you write the poem... And we post it on the website. If it's the one we post on the website, I will mail you a T-shirt Ooh, and a poster. Yeah. Oh,
1: also, if it's really good, <laughs> Aaron will send you a mini no, bike. Nope. <laughs> 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 well, I only have. We won't go into that right now. Um, <laughs> I only have like six. Why would I give one away? Well, I went from <laughs> I went from one to two to four to three, so. All right, money bags. I'm back. No, they were dirt cheap for the frames the other ones i worked out good deals for anyway um i'm thinking that perhaps we could read some of them in a short form video as well like do a live and, Ooh, and that'd be fun yeah. do
0: a poetry yeah. a poetry reading <laughs>
1: i've got it i've got a, we I've we got a djembe
0: we can just like <laughs> like do a little djembe thing oh my gosh yeah um <laughs> that, uh, speaking of music this is now the longest intro <laughs> ever i actually i, I took I, advantage i got it i took advantage of the black cat recording (laughs) yeah uh deal so went in friday night and you know i forgot the deal like what the deal was right so i walked out of there thinking i'd spent like a bajillion dollars and really it wasn't that Uh bad um i mean to be fair i kind of felt guilty of how cheap it was to go Mm. in and do what we did we were there for almost nine hours (laughs) um yeah doing one song if that tells you anything but uh it was me not chris (laughs) but uh (laughs) man it was so much fun to just get back in the studio like do it right not try to mess with the home recording stuff like have the right microphones have multiple microphones to capture a sound um do thirty thousand takes because we weren't worried about hard drive space or crashing an operating system Mm -hmm. um such a good setup like vocals were great uh he had he just had a good signal chain already set up. Like asked what That's kind of awesome. instruments we, I would be recording, mm-hmm. had that prepped. Drum kit was already mic'd, um, and was super amenable to just like what's going to work best. You know, we started trying to record one mm-hmm. way. It really wasn't the right way for the way we were trying to lay something down. So we kind of pivoted and and did it differently. Um, and he really did a good job. I thought of like, hey, try this. What do you think about this? Giving feedback, exactly what he said when we interviewed. Uh-huh. Him. You know, like he wasn't producing the record. He was just offering suggestions, alternatives, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I say record. It was one track, but well, one song. Is that an SP? <laughs> Multiple tracks. <laughs> do it. Is that an
1: SP? <laughs> A small play? I don't know. Oh,
0: yeah. A, A short play? play, super short anyway. play. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. All right. For the longest intro ever. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Randy Wilburn. Enjoy. So let's start off with uh, who you are and what you do.
2: So my name is Randy Wilburn. I am. Uh, I do a number of things, but uh, I guess the the thing, one of the things I call myself, I'm a consultant. I work with engineers and architects and other individuals that want to learn to be better uh, leaders, better communicators, and ultimately better people. I also am a serial podcaster. I have several podcast shows that I do. Uh, the first one is my primary show, which is I Am Northwest Arkansas. It covers the intersection of business. Culture, Entrepreneurship, and Life in the Ozarks. The other show that I do is a show called Encourage, Build, Grow, which is also the name of my company. And Encourage, Build, Grow, the focus there is, uh, again, just leadership, communication, personal development, uh, primarily for design professionals, but I've kind of morphed over. And I'm working with a number of people that don't call themselves design professionals, so they aren't traditionally Engineers hmm. or architects and um, and then I do I do I do I also do for clients I do a lot of podcasting uh, for them as well, meaning that podcast production, I have some clients, they have a firm, they want to um, extend themselves from that perspective in the area of voice and they want to create a podcast for their brand. I help them with that. Some of them have asked me to actually be the host of their podcast. Others have just said, "Can you help us put it all together?" and and we'll uh, you know, we'll take your magic sauce and add it to what we do and try to do something special. So that's uh that's become something new that I've started to focus on in the last 12 months. We, that's awesome. Yeah. That's super cool. It's yeah. that's
0: the first time I ever reached out to you was we were kicking off a podcast network and I asked, uh, I don't know if you remember that. It was probably I do. a year and a half I do ago. Remember yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. I do remember so, that. So there's a couple of us in the area, I think all kind of working on similar stuff. A, a yeah, guy. It's, it's, go ahead.
2: No, I was just going to say there are a few. Uh, I've run across some other folks too. Uh, they're not enough, I guess, is what I'm saying. And True. I hope to change yeah. that yeah. in the near future. But there, there definitely are not enough people doing podcasting. Yeah.
0: We, uh, we have two shows on the network, the go rogue X uh, do marketing differently show. And then beats by Travis, which is generally like a music promotion show. Okay. Um, okay. But because the music scene's kind of dying down, he's trying to translate those skills into promoting uh, businesses, right? Like a lot of the same principles will work um, in as far as like, just getting your name out there. I think right. is his intent. And uh, you know, and, I started something with kind of a similar intent and really found that like, okay, go rogue's doing that beats is doing this. You're doing something. And I was like, but so I've really put the effort into the network um, because that hasn't, that niche hasn't really seen as much. Right. And I do some editing for some other shows or whatever, but what I, what I have found to be so cool in the podcast community in Northwest Arkansas and maybe other places is um, it has never felt competitive. It has felt a, it's all sort of organically, right? Like, I didn't know you were doing your thing. I didn't know Brian was doing his until it kicked off. He didn't know I was doing mine. And now I edit his shows, actually. So he's actually bringing me business, (laughs) (laughs) you know, by doing his thing. Um, But it's been cool that, like, everybody's supportive. Like, it's been good.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I think it is it is a good thing, and um, it like I said, it's just with any like with anything when it comes to the creative space, everybody has their own flow, how they do things, what works for them, what doesn't work, and so I'm always encouraging people to get out there and just try stuff, and like I tell people all the time, you just have to press record, you know, as much as possible to get out there and get it done. Yeah. So yeah, that is agree, uh, yeah, that's that's just my focus. Yeah. So.
0: Well, and I I think. Um, we may have inadvertently found our topic, right? Like we never start with the topic, but I think, uh, the, I, the first time I, and this is my fault, so I apologize. But the first time I listened to your show was when you had Adam Evers on, um, from blue mania.
2: Yeah. I was looking at your hat. Is that, is that a blue <laughs> yeah, mania Yeah, It's actually, hat? I okay. wear it all the time. I, it, it just yeah, fits
0: well hilarious. and like looks okay. So, but that's... I was like, man, this guy does a lot of interviews with people we've yeah. interviewed like. You know, like, and you have that moment where you're like, I've got to get the interviews before he gets them. Um, and, you know, and this is my own failing, probably as a person and being insecure sometimes, but like, how do I stay ahead of this? And so I listened to it to see what, and it was like, Randy's show is top-notch, excellent, super well-produced. It's also a different show. Like, and we do our thing and you do your thing and you're getting two different pieces. It was really cool to hear a continued conversation with Adam Because your approach to it was so uniquely you, right? Yeah, yeah. um, And I think that brings up kind of like a good topic of conversation for us of how do you deal with um, things that you could see as competitive? Because I've seen people in the past like have a business idea and then somebody else does a similar thing and they just lose steam. They feel like if they weren't first to market, there's just no value. And uh, I don't believe that's true, but what's your take on that?
2: Yeah, I definitely don't believe that's true. I mean, I guess I mean, I started podcasting a long time ago um, in the first my first iteration of a podcast was like in 2010. And you were early. early. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was early, but I wasn't as early as the guy that taught me podcasting. His name was Cliff Raven. His name is Cliff Ravenscraft. He was used to have a thing called the podcast Answer Man. And um, he started with a show about Lost. When Lost was out and it was oh, a big yeah. thing, and <laughs> yeah. that was his podcast, and that was just his—that was just a, a hobby, and it, it it morphed into something else, until he actually became fully comfortable and fully competent in the area of audio uh, engineering, and just kind of took it to a whole nother level. And I mean, I've been following—I mean, Cliff and I have been friends for over a decade now, but he and I were—you know—we just it was just something that we did. And, and, and so I learned from him. I took his podcasting A to Z course, probably like in 20, 2011. And then I rolled out my first of several, I think by now I'm up to when I'm just counting the podcasts that I've done for myself, this is probably, I think I am Northwest Arkansas is my, or encourage bill grow is my ninth or 10th podcast. Wow. So it took a while for it to take and for me to find something. I mean, this is all pre-anchor. This is all really pre-iPhone mm-hmm. when you think of it, right? Because I mean, you had to put time in to put together something. Nowadays, like I tell people, if you have your phone, you've got everything you need. You don't need a whole mm-hmm. lot of stuff. the barrier to entry is is almost non-existent outside of just having to have a good smartphone and some 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 um a good headphone, uh, some good headphones with uh, with a good mic. And, yeah. and honestly, uh, you know the the Apple Earpods will will work just just as well. <laughs> Daniel's so, using those. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I found out not that long ago that like all of the late night television shows, that's what they're doing now is Airpods because the mic quality is pretty good. Everybody can get them, and they're all even. Mm. And so they've been using those as their mics for guests and stuff because it just keeps an even, you know, frequency response across the board that's for awesome. everybody.
2: Yeah, 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 and and yeah, and and again, the technology is uh, is really so good nowadays. You can totally, uh, you can totally get away with things you couldn't get away with before. And oh yeah, I I think it's like the biggest issue that I see with new podcasters is that they super obsess about the quality and all this other stuff. And that's important because I'm an audiophile and I'm I'm an audio snob. But you know, I tell people all the time. Just get your podcast recorded and get it out there and then continue to iterate Uh, and get it better. mm Right. You're not you're never going to come out of the gates like you're not going to sound like NPR. This is not serial. So you're just not going to do that. And what the thing that people don't realize is that it's not one guy sitting in a sound booth that does that. You've got the talent. You've got the audio engineer. You've got other people. You've got musicians. I mean, you've got so many aspects to things that you you just don't have the luxury of having that kind of team. So you got to work with what you have. And I yeah. think too many people they try to come out of the gate sounding like yeah. NPR, and it just yeah. doesn't work that way. That's something that you develop over time.
1: I think the expect yeah.
2: I mean, we started with. I think the expectations
1: that sometimes people set themselves up to do, you know, sort of like Daniel, you know, in the competition type thing, is that you set your expectations up really high, and when you don't meet that, you also lose steam, you know. And uh, I think for us, you know, we tried to say what's well, going to be small steps at a time but we're doing these things right and we know we'll be able to come back and laugh and go, Hey, you know, it's not perfect now, but it's better than it was and still be satisfied with the original product, you know, overall.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. 100%. I think that that is, that's the focus and that's what it should be because, um, you know, you can totally, uh, you can totally lose your mind with equipment, and obsessing about just the overall quality of sound. Like I know I've I know people that have gone through and tried to eliminate every um and every ah uh in every episode. And I'm like, dude, that's that's not that's not gonna end up in well for anybody. So um
0: and it doesn't sound yeah. natural.
2: No, it doesn't, it totally doesn't. Because every everybody everybody talks with some verbal yep. ticks or yeah. ver- verbal cues. Yeah. I mean, it's just the way to, now you can focus on it. I mean, I speak a lot. So I can I can when I'm really thinking about it, I can totally eliminate most of them, but it's it's unnatural to just remove oh, yeah. all of them, mm-hmm. and correct. It really takes it really takes time, and so when I'm teaching people about how to speak, I, I remind them that it's important to slow down. It's important to to think about what you're about to say, and it is like, silence is actually your friend, because a lot of people feel like I've always got to constantly fill the air with mm-hmm. information and that is not the case if you so, ever listen to paul yeah. harvey watch how he i mean well he's dead now but i mean listen to how he delivers mm-hmm. information right it is it is very um it's it's just amazing the way that he does it and the way that he chooses his words that the, the 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 speed Like he can speak faster, but he also sometimes will speak slow and he will draw Mm. you in to what he's saying in a way that really is. And Larry King does it on video, on TV. Larry King does it really well as too, because if you notice, there's always some dead space when Larry King is interviewing somebody. And I mean, I hate to mention his name, but Charlie Rose was a pretty good interviewer as well. I mean, it's whatever. But the bottom line is you've got these guys. And, 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 I've, and I've heard some women that are really good with it, but that just really understand the cadence of an interview or understand the cadence of how you deliver mm-hmm. information. And, and a lot of professional speakers operate with that as well. So, you know, they understand that and they can control themselves. But I actually tell people silence is your friend, even when doing a podcast or if you're speaking in front of 50 or 100 mm-hmm. people. Silence sometimes is your friend.
0: So, uh, Randy, do me a favor and never listen to any episodes of Look What I Did. Okay. Um, No. (laughs) Ignore
2: one third of it, you know. No, no, it's all good. (laughs) Yeah, Our audio wave
0: files just look like a giant spiky hairbrush. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: That's funny. That's funny. Uh, Yeah.
0: No, I I agree with you. I I can't remember. uh, I was listening to... Haha, ha, making yeah. it, Aaron. I don't know <laughs> if you've heard making it. Um, it's kind of a – it's a maker's uh, YouTube people uh, podcast about just guys that build stuff, right? And it's super cool show. It inspired yeah. a lot of what we do, even though we've kind of ended up doing very much our own thing. Um, but one of the guys on there was talking about I, – I can't remember – it was a documentary and he said that same thing that it was one of the most powerful documentaries he had ever watched because the guy asking questions would just let the question sit in the air and mm-hmm. let the person take time yeah. to collect their thoughts and answer and then let it be silent again. And the person would continue the answer and it was that second chunk that really was the relevatory mm-hmm. stuff.
2: Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, I mean, Joe Rogan does it a little bit. I mean, if you watch his show, I mean, it's like, man, his episodes are now like three. I mean, a a short episode is like two and a half hours, but his stuff is like three. Every time I look at a a podcast from Joe, I'm like, Oh my God. Okay. I got to make some time for this. But there have, (laughs) there, there, there have been a few yeah, there have been a few that I have listened to from start to finish without missing a word. And I would say the first one that I, that came, comes to mind is when he interviewed Edward Snowden. I thought that was, I mean, an oh, insane interview, and it was there was so much good information there. So uh, I thought that was excellent.
0: I, I know we we sometimes I think that's something to think about as well. Like, does your show, as you think about putting together a show, what makes the most sense, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, there's definitely a reason to do a, a 30 minute show or something in that period of time, uh, because pe- of people's commutes, right? Just the distance from point mm-hmm. A to point B. But I think for us specifically, and and your show seems to kind of run a little bit, you know, towards the hour mark as well. Is uh, at least the couple I've looked at is we needed that time for everything to really get comfortable, yeah, and and let the let the person come out of the yeah. show a little bit. Right. And, and yeah. that to us felt right. And the show started to like kind of tip over the hour mark more and more, which is maybe <laughs> a bit of a problem, but, um, yeah. it's hard, you know, when the, when the conversation gets rolling, you don't want to cut it off. And as long as people are willing to listen, uh,
2: you know, we we've had a complaint that the show is too long, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> one it's, it's like, well, you know,
2: um, my thing is when people say that, you know, it's probably not for them. Um, I think, you know, and right. even with Joe, I mean, look at Joe. Joe it, Joe's show is the most popular podcast out there. I mean, there's a yeah, reason why nuts. Spotify gave him a one hundred million dollars. Wow. And and the average person listening to a podcast would probably complain. I mean, I know people that complain that I listen to there's like a couple of podcasts that I listen to religiously like every day. So the daily is one of them. And I listen to NPR's um, quick, quick, brief uh, news minute. But the daily is somewhere between 20 and 25 minutes every now and then they'll they'll jump over 30 Uh, minutes but I mean that's you know that's to to me that's short right and I listen to I listen to all my podcasts at one and a half speed wow so Mm -hmm. that's the other thing so I get a lot of podcasts Mm -hmm. in and um, I know for some people they can't listen to podcasts at one and a half speed uh, because they just can't yeah and and so for me it's it's totally fine anything over that is Mm -hmm. too much because like when I listen to people like Gary Vaynerchuk because Gary he already speaks fast so if you if you go above one and a half, it's like, oh, my God, this is just too much. Because when <laughs> I li- sometimes I'll listen to a podcast and I'll be like, oh, that sounds so weird. And then I'm like, that's because it's at normal <laughs> speed and, 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 I, and I totally forget. So but it's just allowed me. I mean, even when I listen to audiobooks though, like Audible, I just listened to an Audible audiobook that was about six hours long. And I was done with it in about, I don't know, four hours because I listened to it yeah. one and a half times. So, I mean, See, um, I can't. So yeah, it, something it, it's fine it hits me, me wrong. I, yeah, yeah. That's yeah.
0: well, and I was gonna ask about your listening because you sound like kind of what has been dubbed a, a power consumer of podcasts, right? Mm. Oh yeah, that yeah. Listen, yeah, all day yeah. long, time and a um, half speed. Um, um, I'm that demographic. <laughs> does your Does your job allow for you to to listen while you're working? Some people's jobs do. That's where the vast majority of people actually listen. Um, or do you have to find spots in between, and you just kind of fit them in where
2: they can? So I work out at least an hour every morning, except for Sunday. So that's the first. So right there, I'm you know, unless my wife and I are walking and we're talking, and and it's just the mm-hmm. two of us talking, um, then I usually will have uh, headphones in my ears if I'm running or whatever. Um, and I do bike ride too, so I, I will listen then. Um, especially if I'm on the trail, if I'm on a, a road, I don't listen as much just because I want to be mindful of, uh, of, of cars and things of that nature. Cause they tend to hit oh. bikers. So, uh, you, you gotta be careful, but, um, but no, so I, I, yeah, I, I, I at least get in. It's rare that I don't get an hour's worth of podcast listening in a day. And I usually tend to listen to two or three different, I have a rotation of stuff and then some stuff I'll just, I take, I take podcasting vacations from things so there are there are shows that i won't listen to for a while but yeah i'm definitely a power podcaster what i've always told people to do now that it's kind of irrelevant but on your commute you know, mm-hmm. if you're mm-hmm. listening to audiobook, then listen to podcasts podcast and do it that way. I know some people that can listen to a podcast while they're working. So people have options as far oh, yeah. as that's concerned. And I just think, you know, nowadays, like I'm on I'm on Alexa. So you can get on Alexa and just say, hey, play the latest I am Northwest Arkansas podcast. And sometimes I'll listen to my podcast just like that to see what it sounds like on, yep. you know, a, yep. a smart device like that smart speaker. So, you know, you've got that luxury mm-hmm. as well.
0: Yeah. I, I, that was my time was my commute to and from work. I work in Bentonville, live in Fayetteville. So I had 45 minutes one way. Right. And that right. was, but now I'm working from home, possibly indefinitely, mm-hmm. apparently. And so <laughs> I, now I'm trying to figure out like, where's the, I guess if I started working out, this seems like a two for one that my wife would be appreciative <laughs> of. If I went back to working out, that would be my, but you gave me an yeah. idea, Randy, actually, I should make a podcast where I just say, you got this, lift more, one more step. Right. And you just listen exactly. to that for 25 yeah. minutes. The most hated person <laughs> online. Yeah. It will be the podcast power hour.
2: Oh my God. Well, they, you know, and they have, they've, they've created some AI apps that wow. do that actually. Wow. Uh, and they, and it does it at a cadence that you choose, which wow. is kind of crazy that you can have your coach in your ear. And these are like real people <laughs> that record it. But then the, the, the app, controls when the inflection and when the people's voices oh. come on to kind of keep you going, which is yeah. really weird, but that's kind of where we are already. So the technology is mean, the right is price, there, I'll just show sure. up and do yeah. it in person. I think that would be, yeah. that'll be my spin.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That would be cool. That would be
0: cool. <laughs> just literally stand there and do I'm not helpful at all. I just say <laughs> stuff. Right. yeah on, you, you got, got this. While go. well, I'm eating Ben and Jerry's ice cream,
1: <laughs> you yeah. can do Keep it. Going. Don't be like yeah. me. Do you want this? Right. <laughs> Come That's on. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> Filled mm-hmm. with bad ideas. That's hilarious. That's no hilarious.
2: Uh, so you moved to Arkansas when? Into twenty fourteen, so it's been almost six years, and, and then uh, came
0: from Boston. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, seventeen years mm-hmm. in Boston. So I um I I came here because uh, a good friend of mine, whose name rhymes with Mark's Zweig, <laughs> uh, invited me. Said that hey, you should you Daniel should consider. Quinn is the answer by the way, right? No. You should consider <laughs> you should consider coming to uh, Fayetteville, and I was like, dude, there's no way. And he's known me since 97, and I was like, there's no way I'm going to do that. Because after we sold the company that we were both owners of, uh, I mean, it was a company he founded. um, We all just kind of went and did our own thing, and um, he came here to Fayetteville. I was in Boston, and I had a real estate brokerage. I had done a bunch of stuff, and, um, you know, one day, I mean, we always stayed in touch, but he was like, um, I don't know, maybe 2011 or so, we just really kind of re kind of kindled our, our conversations and we would just catch up on a regular basis, call during the holidays, all that good stuff. And then out of the blue in like twenty thirteen, he was like, Would you ever think about coming back to work at Zwag? And I was like, nah, I don't think so. I, I said, Where? In in Arkansas? I was like, no, I'm not coming to Arkansas. And um he's like, yeah, well you don't have to come to Arkansas. You can just stay there and uh and at the time I was living in Rhode Island. And he was like, you could just stay in Rhode Island. And I'm like, all right, well, whatever. So I do some consulting. Next thing I know, uh, he's inviting my wife Nicola, who he knows as well. He came to our wedding. He was like, "Why don't you have Nicola come out and visit, <laughs> see what it's like?" Of course, he brings us out, takes takes her to Theo's every night. Between Theo's and Bordino's, we didn't we didn't. I mean, we saw every really great restaurant except for James on the Mill. Our 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 week that we spent here and, and the James on the Mill references for a great restaurant that used to be mm-hmm. open. Oh, right. It was a very right. good restaurant. And and so and, and the the proprietor of that actually still has a pizzeria called MJ's, which, which is fantastic. Qui- which is quietly one of the best pizzas, pizzeria's <clears throat> in northwest Arkansas. And anyway, so Mark uh takes uh has Nicola meet with a bunch of people. She goes and tours schools. She gets the whole baptism by fire experience <laughs> of northwest arkansas and we came the third week of october so the weather was perfect we stayed at the dixon mm-hmm. street inn i ran on the trail every day and i was like wow this is great this would be nice and literally less than 3 months later we were pulling into our rental uh south of town by the golf course and uh we were moving here so wow.
0: yep i so and, i nosewag and uh He's such a smooth talker, salesman, right? Like just he every is. step of he's that way, I see operator.
2: him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't you don't make it to the Inc. 5,000 5, a couple of times with multiple businesses and not know what you're yeah. doing. So yeah, um, I give him his props as far as that's concerned. I mean, he's a dear. I mean, like a dear friend. He calls me his big brother because he's 10 years older than me, but he's like, I, I don't want I don't want people to think I'm, I, you know, I could be your father. I'm like, no, of course not. But he's like, you're you know, I'm like a big brother to you. And, and so but, but we always joke about that. But, yeah, no, he's he's uh, you know, I, I always tell him, um, you know, I can't wait to see the next chapter in your story and what you decide to do next. Mm-hmm. So. It'll, um, it'll be it'll be fascinating. Uh, it you will be. We both have a it thing for be.
0: old cars and motorcycles,
2: and absolutely that's where our paths yeah. originally
0: crossed. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, so. yeah. Well, you should have seen him back in the day. I mean, this dude had. All kinds of cars. Lotus, uh, well, maybe, did he? Yeah, he might have had one, but he definitely had a, a couple of 911s. I mean, that he was just, he was just, it's just always been a car guy. And that was yeah. kind of where our paths crossed because my, I grew up, my father was a huge car guy. He owned a Pantera di Tommaso. Um, he had a couple of really old school Mercedes. Um, he had a, a, a um, Uh, A 30. One of his cars was in uh, Raging Bull. No joke. Uh, I grew up in I grew. Yeah, I grew up in northern New Jersey. And uh, my father had an old Model T that was used in Raging Bull. And uh, he also had a Packard. Uh, an old mm-hmm. school Packard from from back in the day. He just he was just really into cars. So Randy, this uh, may have to be a two hour interview. I'm sorry. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> so, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Well, put it this way: when my father passed away, I inherited a couple of cars. And I don't have any of them anymore. And the only one no. that I, I got rid of that I wish I still had was his TR6. He, he was huge into the British mm. Roadster. He had several yeah. TR6s, and uh, I had a red TR6. He had a green TR6 and a blue <laughs> TR6. And uh, I got to tell you, just that just hearing those things coming down the street, it would just it would just make the hair on my, uh, on my arm stand up. And I've only seen two since I've been here in Northwest mm. Arkansas. And, yeah, uh, which
0: Arkan- Arkansas has a pretty decent collection of gearhead guys. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are oh, yeah. really into cars. There's some amazing car collections mm-hmm. around here, like great absolutely. car collections.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, and that I do know, and I've seen some. I I, I just. Um, you know, I just, I, 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 you know, with three boys, I just don't have the time to focus on that right now, and it's just, it's just all I can do to keep up with these guys and keep them on time to their practices and do everything mm-hmm. else that I'm doing that I can't pick up a, a hobby like cars. But I do, I would like to get back into it. My, my dream, the car that I really want to do is, I want to do a '68, um, uh, a fire orange Mustang GT, mm-hmm. fastback. And uh, ah. I'd I'd like to do one. I mean, like truly do it right, and and take it. I mean, take it down, and and just you know. I mean, just the perfect. You, you've seen them when they yes. redo them right. Even the paint on the inside of the engine well is just yeah. pristine. Yeah. And I mean, I wanna I wanna go that far down into the depths, and then I just want it to. I mean, I I I want to be able to pull pull like. 4849 uh, you know 0 to 60 on it or something mm. like that something crazy like that. I don't want to put I don't I don't want to put a 5.0 cuz I thought I, you know a lot of people have restored these things cuz I went through this whole period where I was just like I actually had a 66 and a half Mustang and i was going to restore it but i was just at a place in life where i just didn't have the time to do it so i ended up selling it I actually sold it for more than i bought it for and it looked like a piece of crap <laughs> but it just the upside would have been tremendous mm. and I, I really wish i would have kept it but um it was uh it, but but i've seen and i've seen up close and personal what these cars look like when they're totally mm. restored and i mean they're just a sight to behold they really are so yeah um, i had a buddy who
0: i don't remember I don't so I don't know the years that the fastback ran to, and I feel like it was a seventy one. Maybe was that still a fastback year for the Mustang? Yes, 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 um, it was. Yeah, and it was like blue and black, but it was a survivor, right? So it hadn't been redone or anything, but it looked it looked great. Uh, they'd done some work here and there, I'm sure and that car was just no power steering so a nightmare to drive at <laughs> slow speeds but <laughs> it was the coolest car and i had yeah. another buddy that had a 64 and a half mustang as his first car i was just like what yeah. is going on yeah but uh i've taken that as so for my son to get around the i don't have time his first car we're going to build together and my okay. thought is like hopefully you'll be a little more careful with it cuz you know the amount of effort it takes mm-hmm. to Do a paint job, fix a dent, uh, you know, replace a part, whatever. Um, And I've got the space to do that, fortunately, right? And, but it it also gives me, it lets me scratch that itch a little bit. And then if he wants to take that car and keep really elevating it, that he can do that, right? But we'll get it up and running and like good enough Mm -hmm. for a starter and, Hopefully
2: it'll scratch that build a car edge yeah. for me a little bit. And also yeah. involve the wife in paying for it. <laughs> they're, they're, exactly. Well I think I think that's a good idea. And and that certainly was something I would recommend. I, I just um I just wish that uh I had uh I had more time, like yeah. I said, to do it with my kids. What would uh so just gotta roll back the podcast there, output?
1: Yeah, cut back <laughs> yeah, on that. That it. would I so. do more. I gotta do what more. What would your uh, so. you said you didn't want to put a five liter in it. What would you do?
2: No, no, no. So, you know, there was there was this whole movement of people. So when they came out with the 5.0, mm-hmm. the, the, like the newer updated 5.0s, there were people that were dropping those in the old right. school Mustangs. So they weren't putting a 289 yeah. in there. They were putting mm-hmm. those 5.0 engines in there. And I saw a few of them and those things, because first of all, that's a light yeah. car to begin with. But those things were smoking. Yep. I mean, super fast. But that, I just... I just would have rather done something with a mm-hmm. 289 and 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 board it out yeah. as much as possible to 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 maximize that uh-huh. particular engine. I just I you know to me it's like if you do that that's like a that's like a, a Franken yeah. Mustang as opposed sort of like to anything the, else, right? Because that mm-hmm. 5.0 engine was sort of like
1: people now doing like an LS1 swap in pretty much everything. You know, yeah. But the, yeah. Uh, the 289 there's a lot there to it, so I think that would be awesome.
2: Well, good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you could still you could still get get you could still have have something that people are going to turn. Oh, yeah. their, I mean, people are going to turn yeah. their heads regardless. The lines on that car mm. are unbelievable. And if it's properly painted and it yeah. just looks good, it's it's going to really uh, mm-hmm. it's going to show well.
1: We are going to do some deep sea ishing to pull this back out from the the depths of the Titanic. Yeah. (laughs) Deep sea ishing.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's, that's what we've gotten to. The weird (laughs) thing is mentally in my head, I was like, I was like, there's got to be a joke about ish sticks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is, yeah, this is,
0: this has become a shtick though. That's for sure. Yeah. Ask the Gordon Um, Isherman. (laughs) Oh man. Uh, hey. So, you know, I think the most difficult thing for me this year has been the inability to get out uh, mm-hmm. at events. Yeah. Right? Like one of the things yeah. I enjoyed so much last year was the calendar was just full of like, um, just event after event after event, and and how enjoyable it was to meet people and chat with people and talk to people, and the energy of that. So I'm really looking forward to that, uh, but we we did that <laughs> last year, and we made some merchandise, and we're sitting on that merchandise. Mm-hmm. So if if you want, you can go to lookwhatidid.net, and you can pick up a look what I did T-shirt, Ooh. or a poster, Ooh. or a sticker. Yeah. Um, you can. We still have the stand strong tees mm-hmm. being produced by Trade Post. Oh yeah, um, Trade Post tees. So, but you can head over there you can buy a t-shirt for yourself t mm-hmm. t-shirt for a friend yes and that that money goes directly back to supporting the show mm-hmm. uh, and, and we are sitting on that merchandise so feel free to place an order for you and your like 50 of your closest loved ones at least yeah, um, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's doable so yeah. right and then don't forget uh, come up with a poem review I love this I love this idea is it poem 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 I say poem. Poem.
1: I say poem. Poem.
0: Poem? You say poem? I say poem. Poem? Poem.
1: Do you really? That's the, I guess the Arkansan part coming out. I don't
0: know. Poem? I mean, it makes sense because it's poetry, right? Poem. Poetry. Poem. 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 I don't know. But I say poem. Poem. But I don't say poetry. Poem. You yeah. rap me, me some poetry. <laughs> oh, these jokes are getting foul. <laughs> oh, not poultry. Um, oh,
1: poultrygeist! Yeah, it's a ghost. Poultrygeist! It's a ghost chicken. <laughs> yeah, it's that's a that's a Far Side reference,
0: by the way. Yeah. Is it? Yes. Oh anyway. man! <laughs> here I thought I was original. Anyway, write a poem. If we publish it on the website, yes. you win a T-shirt and mm. a poster. I'll mail it to you. Yeah. Uh, and then Aaron is going to read them to you in a black beret while I snap in the background for. Any, no, I, I mean, we'll take turns. We'll take turns. I have to find, we'll it. Have to find a we'll edit a yeah. video. Yeah. yeah, yeah, or we'll, All right. or we'll do a so, live. Yeah, where do we want people to submit those?
1: Where to submit them?
0: Well, no, submit your review on iTunes, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> see, pretty, it's pretty clear to me. Yeah, <laughs> submit your review on iTunes. Um, yeah. but we'll take it. I guess you could post it on Facebook or Instagram as well. Uh, but yeah, post it on iTunes um somehow they'll have to tell us that it was them but uh yeah so send us a message on instagram that'll work yeah heck hit us up on twitter twitter the poem (laughs) there you go put the poem on twitter it doesn't matter. However you get us the information that you made the poem, <laughs> and then use it on iTunes. Yeah, 143 <laughs> characters
1: or less. Right. Is that still the thing on Twitter? Uh,
0: I, I think they upped it. It's like okay. 200. Oh, I don't know. Well. I never typed that much. Um, all right. right, let's. Uh, this is the most rambling-ish and beginning. Um, but yeah. all that to say, Aaron and I miss you. We yeah. miss talking to yeah. you. That's probably why we're rambling a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's get back to our episode with Mr. Randy. All right. So what is your hobby? You don't have time for cars, but you you (laughs) do something um, outside of exercise. I seem like a guy that's got got something that you really love. That's
2: kind of your Mm -hmm. getaway, uh,
0: mental clearing time.
2: Yeah, you know, it's funny. I'm I'm kind of in that space right now where I I do need to be putting, devoting more time to something like that. Uh, And I and I and I kind of feel like I have put a little bit of put some things on the shelf just to kind of focus on what my kids are doing. And I've got a, I've got a 10 year old. That's a pretty, pretty good Mm -hmm. soccer player. So I'm trying to help him steward that and his, his, uh, his gift for speed. So we'll see what happens there. I've got a 13 year old that's still trying to find himself as far as that's (laughs) concerned, but he's fast. So I'm, I'm getting him to track practice on a regular basis. And we're, you know, we're trying to, wrestle with that and see what he does with with that. And then a 15 year old that wants to both go to the NBA and be an actor. So I said, all right, well, well, you know, whatever I can do to help you with that, that's, that's my goal. So, you know, I keep looking at it. I mean, honestly, And then I think even what we're doing now is a hobby Mm -hmm. for me too, right? It's something that I enjoy doing. I do derive income from this, but it's actually, I mean, I I enjoy learning about how to use some of the tools and gadgets that we're actually using right now, but how to use them in, you know, in in the most professional way possible. So like, for instance, uh, I'm taking a course right now uh, to learn how to better use the program that I'm actually recording this on, which is called Ecamm Live. And that that is a program that allows me to do a lot of live streaming and things that I have been doing since the quarantine, because everything oh, yeah. has changed. Right. So we've all kind right. of focused differently. And so so I, I, I do a lot of that. So but the one thing, the one guilty pleasure I do have, I love growing and in um, um, s- uh, separating and growing and propagating plants. Hmm. So I take yeah. so so when I when I and I can find some really nice plants, I try to separate them out throw them in some water and see if I can get them to to root and if I can then I'll you know I'll I'll divide them and kind of go from there. So I've got a lot of plants that I'm doing. My wife's like, "What are you what are we doing with all these plants now?" cuz now we've just got a house full of them. And I'm like, "Well, they'll clean the air for us and and it's just something that I like to do and it's very calming. Mm. Uh it's very calming to deal with plants as well. So I have stuff indoors and outdoors. So that I guess if you if you were to say a hobby, that would be something that I do spend a fair amount of time with and thankful thank god for dr google because um i watch a lot of youtube videos about propagating and taking care of plants
0: that is yeah you picked one of the few things i don't really know anything about like my hobby is collecting hobbies so i know a little bit about just a lot of things but plants right. i've ne- i read a biography about uh tolkien and he uh he would garden and that's where he would do a lot of his thinking. And I was like, well, I'm Mm going to get a garden. I'm going to think Tolkien, you know, like, okay. So I went and bought these plants, planted them like a week later. I walked by and I was like, I guess I haven't done any thinking. Like they're all dead Oh my
2: goodness! (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. No, Tolkien is, uh, he's really good. You know, he and, um, a bunch of the other, you know, it's a famous story about him and, and several other writers of, of his day, that we're all in the same kind of mastermind group, mm-hmm. if you will. And, 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 you know, he always mentions that if it wasn't for those guys, he would have never gotten Lord of the Rings done and the Hobbit. Wow. And, you know, when you, when you think of the, just the breadth of those yeah. books, I mean, he said, those books came as a result of my relationship with these other guys that befriended me and really helped me get through some things. Cause there were several times that he was going to give up, mm-hmm. Uh, When writing Lord of the Rings specifically and and also he struggled with he struggled for a long time with The Hobbit. So, I mean, you think of it now and you're like, wow, I mean, epic, epic movies, but but even greater books. And uh, but 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 it took uh, it took some really, you know, it took some other people that, you know, got in his face and kind of kept him honest about it. And if it wasn't for those check ins, um, he would have never he would have never finished it. And he he, he acknowledged that in several instances, several interviews and, and other um, situations, you know. So I think, you know, being an artist and, and understanding that your limitations as an artist, as great as you can be, you need other people to kind of feed the fire mm-hmm. and feed the fan, the flame so that you can really get some things done. And I think that's just important. And I don't think people yeah. realize that enough yeah so yeah
0: we talk a lot
2: about apprenticeship you
0: know our show is mostly devoted to people well it's entirely devoted to creatives but a lot of times there's uh, manual creative people right like physically Mm -hmm. producing a wood object or clay or art or whatever Um, and just the value of having somebody hold your hand or stand by your side and guide you through something can give you such immediate feedback and course correct it can Mm -hmm. save you so much time right yeah Um, yeah You know, I read about stuff all the time and then go to application and there's still a gap between my book knowledge and the Mm -hmm. physical application. And so when I need to learn something fast, I'm fortunate to have a good contact list and I'm able to generally call somebody and say, hey, can you come over and show me how to light this forge and (laughs) use a hammer and metal Mm -hmm. or help me run through Logic Pro because I just got that. And Right. Whatever the thing is, um, if I need it fast, I go to the source because... It's just quicker results, and, and yeah. you learn so much from somebody yeah. who's done it yeah. for a long time, absolutely. and can see you mess up, yeah. right? Like I think that's some of it too—is the immediate feedback to those mistakes.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely, and I—I I feel that way, and I think that's why it's good to have a coach. Mm-hmm. That's why it's good to surround yourself around other people that are, um, you know, are as. As I always say, my, my, my famous line that I tell young people all the time, and I, I say, if you're the smartest person in the room, get the <laughs> hell out of there as quickly as possible uh-huh. because you need to be in another room where there's people that are much smarter yeah. than you. And, and I try to, when and where possible, find myself in rooms With people that are way above my Mm. thought grade in terms of the things that they think about and do, and so I, I, uh, and it's so funny because I actually have a bunch of friends that I I went to college with that are doing really, really well from a thought perspective. Uh, uh, One of my friends writes for The Atlantic. um, uh, Another, I mean, I I, I know I went to school with a bunch of people that are that are you know wealth well recognized thought leaders, and I'm like, man, you know, I wish I'd have known that when we were hanging out and drinking beers back in our, you know, our freshman year in the dorm and all that, that this, this was going to be the case, but I, I'm, I'm still, nevertheless, it just reminds me of how important it is for you to, 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 to surround yourself with people mm-hmm. that are, that are, you know, better than you. It's not that you can't be good at something better than they are at something, but you need to, you need to, it needs to be a well-rounded yeah. group of people yeah. and, mm-hmm. um, I think that's that's important. We re, we recently talked about
1: that in an interview that we had about collaborating and the importance of that sometimes to make you grow and to push you, you know, into maybe be uncomfortable a little bit about being unsure, but it will definitely make you grow. And I hope that through the like the quarantine and everyone that sort of had to hide away in their own houses by themselves and everything that maybe that will be a little easier to approach saying, Hey, let's work on something together because maybe they've missed it and they've never taken a chance. And it's like, I should be doing something like this more often because it is important, you know? Yeah. It's very,
2: important. yeah, yeah, no, it, it, it absolutely, it absolutely is. I mean, you have, to, you don't have a choice and, yeah. uh, you've got to, um, you've got to let, you know, let folks oh, know yeah. what's going yeah. on. So yeah,
0: yeah we have, have a, a good friend of mine. Um, has had a, a career with Microsoft for since he left college, and it, this group of people have gone on to do very well in what they do. And we have that conversation a lot about, like, is it? Um, I to be clear, I'm the least successful of this group by a <laughs> wide margin. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm the one in that the right room. It for a podcast. You're in the right, right yeah. room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but did you know? Did are are we part of this group? because of who we are or did the group make us who we are right like were we drawn to each other or did we forge ourselves out of that companionship and i and i feel like it's kind of a mixture of both like you're people that value that uh you know iron sharpens iron type thing um and so you you gravitate towards those people but then you also have to stick mm-hmm. through it to allow yeah. that sharpening process to occur, right?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think it's it's not, you know, I think one helps the other as far as that's concerned, and and you know, I think it's uh, it's really interesting the way that the whole thing plays out, uh, but you you just you need that, I think you need that mm-hmm. kinship and that relationship to really you know get some yeah. things going, and uh, it's it's definitely definitely worthwhile uh to explore that with as many people as possible yeah
0: and and value feedback right like mistakes and and failures happen because you're trying Mm -hmm. to do something new and you're kind of stretching out and i think uh i definitely my biggest flaw growing up was that i really i didn't take feedback well Um, some people would argue I still struggle with it sometimes, but I've really tried to actually focus on (laughs) that wasn't, I'm not trying to interrupt. I'm just saying, (laughs) no, I know, but I've tried to, yeah, Aaron thinks so. No, but I've tried to focus on getting what I've learned to do is reframe it in my mind is valuing the editing process because, you know, all these great authors put words on paper and some of them do it incredibly well from the very beginning. Um, other people kind of you know scratch an idea and then it it formulates over time. But all of them go through an editor Mm -hmm. at the end. And it's an outside perspective, a a different voice, a a band with a producer, right? Like just getting that outside view and helping kind of shape something a little bit differently, to Mm -hmm. me, as I phrased it that way in my head, that I was allowing myself to be edited. um, And maybe that's a cheap hack to my own personal Mm -hmm. problem, but... Once I viewed it that way, it felt it felt beneficial and not like an attack. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It
2: yeah, does. no, it does. I think that 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 whole fresh eyes mm. perspective is really important. Yes. And and that's the whole idea. Like I hear people all the time talk about, "Well, I'm right." I mean, I'm actually in the process of writing a book. And but I won't call that a hobby. It's just it's something that I'm working on and writing a book takes a lot of effort Uh-oh. and time, yep. but But uh, one of the things that I've been talking about with my book coach is the importance uh, of uh, having that um, uh, editor play a yep. major role and that you can't take some things personally because an editor is going to bring an outsider's perspective. They're going to bring fresh mm-hmm. eyes and they're going to also bring, uh, alert you to things that maybe yeah. you just didn't think about because anybody that writes anything or creates anything for that matter is so heavily invested in it in, in most mm-hmm. situations that they become, they, they can sometimes become oh, their yeah. own worst enemy in the process. So, you yeah. know, so you have to, you, you just need that outside perspective. It's just really, mm-hmm. it's just helpful. You know, and yeah. it's, it's just always good to ask people, Hey, am I doing okay? Is this okay? What do you think? Uh, and it's not that you need affirmation all the time, but, but you, sh- you do, you should check in, especially with people whose who's, um, uh, thoughts and observations you, um, yes. you appreciate and, and would, mm-hmm. would acknowledge. So, yeah.
0: And I'm going to edit a conversation from like a year and a half ago, Aaron, at one point I asked somebody, how do you know when it's helpful? And how do you know when it's just somebody being negative? And as Randy was talking, it hit me. The helpful person will have another step to try. Mm -hmm. The person that's just being negative is just going to say this isn't going to work.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And they don't even give you a why. They don't tell you. They're just like, no, this is not going to work. Because usually... Usually if you hang around negative people long enough, you realize that they're they're negative because of their the limitations that they impose yeah. upon themselves. Yeah. And, right. you know, between that and people that struggle with being hurt, you know, like we say, yeah. hurt people hurt people. So people that struggle with hurt and that have constantly been rejected, they're the first ones to reject somebody. Very true. So yeah. It's 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 you unfortunate. Know, so. I,
1: I've i had to tell employees and other people, I was like, if you come up to me with a problem, I'm going to ask for a solution you know, because that's a part of change is like, well, what do you think we should do? How should we change this? You know, let's, let's come up with something that way. It gets them thinking, not just like, here's, this is what's wrong by, you know, and I think a lot of people do that now, especially, but you know, it, it would help, you know? Yeah,
2: absolutely. And it's going to help grow a circle
1: too,
0: right? If you're the person that is always thinking of a solution, people are going to come to you looking for, advice and i'm sure randy have you heard the idea of like a personal board of directors i feel like that's something you've definitely come across in the past yeah yeah
2: yeah absolutely yeah absolutely and that, that
0: was new to me maybe six years ago but like that's obviously who's on my personal board of directors right are the people that offered a solution when i ran out of places <laughs> yeah. to go Options, right yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, options was a better word. You're obviously a speaking <laughs> yeah. coach. I got that. Uh. <laughs> a,
2: no, 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 no. Yeah. Well, no, I, and, and that, you know, the whole personal board of directors is important because unfortunately um, anyone that has himself for counsel has a fool uh, is counseled yeah. by a fool. And I, I know I'm butchering mm. that, that phrase, but uh, the, the, uh, that's the whole idea is that I just can't see the, you know, the plank in my own eye, um, I need somebody else to point yeah. it out. And um, sometimes I miss it. Mm-hmm. And I need I need, you know, people to let me know where I've come up short or what you know, what I've missed and and what's the best way to to overcome yeah. that. And that's the thing. I mean, when you have real friendship, real relationship with people, because relationships, the other thing that's important. And one of the things that I talk about, all the time when I do my training, we talk about leadership. And, and so a couple of things that we say, I say all the time is that uh, real leaders work themselves out of a job, not that they're going to get fired, but that they're going to develop other mm. leaders. Mm. Right. I know that's like a that's a monumental idea in and of itself. Right. It's not that you're going to hold some title and some role and some position within an organization for forever and a day. This is not a fiefdom. <laughs> this is an idea where you create opportunities for others so that you can then ultimately go off and do something else that yeah. you want to do, right? Because every good leader that I know always has a dream or a goal, to aspirational, to to step out into something even bigger than what they're doing now. But in most situations, they can't because they haven't created a breeding ground of successful leaders to come mm-hmm. behind them. And that yeah. that's a that's a problem that you see in, 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 in any vertical, any industry, um, any type of situation. If you if, if you've got somebody that has the title leader, uh, a lot of instances they may just be a good manager. Um, mm-hmm. They're not really developing the next round of leaders that uh, are going to, you know, are going to do some amazing things. So I think that's important. Yeah. And then and then the second thing that I share with regard to this is that there is such an importance of relationships. So like when I talk to engineers and architects, one of the things that a lot of engineers and architects struggle with is communication. And a lot of times I I say, well, do you know your clients? Why do you know what gets them out of bed every day? And some can answer that, but more often I would say like 80% can't. So that means that four out of five Design professionals, and in this case, I'm speaking specifically of what I know, and I would probably say that if you were to extrapolate this out into the bigger, larger scheme of things into other industries, you'll probably find the same thing. But four out of five uh, design professionals don't really know their clients, like really know the meaning what their kids' names are, what they prefer to do, where they like to go on vacation, what their favorite food is, stuff like that, right? You know, And a lot of times people are like, well, I don't have time for all that. I've just got to serve my client's needs. And I'm like, okay, great, you can do that. but And then I follow it up with this. And this usually hits home for most design professionals when I'm talking to them about the importance of communication. Friends don't fire friends. If you are have a client that's ultimately a friend if they do have to let you go or let your firm go, you're going to know it well in advance. And it's not going to be a simple phone call where they're like, sorry, this is not going in the direction we wanted it to go. Everything is done. Click, yeah. you know, hang up. And I think that's that's really important. And, you know, I explained that because there's an issue that comes up when I work with design professionals and I'm moving into a whole nother area here. But the issue is simply scope creep. And what scope creep is, is that if you decide you want to do a project With me, And you say, hey, this is the project. We want you to do this. We want you to build this widget tower and you're going to build it to these specifications. If you don't ask enough questions, if you don't get enough information, if you don't get the backstory for why they're building building this widget tower in the first place, then you're going to ultimately run into problems. And one of the first problems that most people run into is a problem of scope, meaning that you either decided that it was too little or too much. You're spending too much money to build what really should have been, you know, you should have earmarked a different amount of money for. And because you don't have these conversations up front, you miss out. And and this applies just into regular life, right? I mean, we, we, ish, we have issues of scope creep with our friends, right, where friends don't. Really communicate with each other. And therefore, you know, I'm taking I'm investing my time with you, but because I don't really ask you enough questions or get enough information when whenever you do something that I disapprove of, then. Uh, instantly I'm just like, oh, this is not going to work and let me, this guy's crazy or this gal's crazy, let me just move mm-hmm. on. And and it's because we haven't taken the time to ask the right questions. And so you get into this whole issue of scope creep and, and you know, running into a challenge. And and in the, the multi-million dollar projects that a lot of my clients work on, scope creep is a real problem and it creates... Uh, real, it creates real issues for people when you're building, you know, a highway. When you're building a bridge. When you're building uh, a mixed-use building. I mean, it it just it plays it rears its ugly head a lot of different ways, and it all gets back to an individual's inability to communicate effectively and to really build a relationship with that client. And, I, and I, I don't think there's ever a reason. I don't care what you do, whether you are an um, a entrepreneur just working with, you know, you're going around Northwest Arkansas trying to get people to sign on with the service that you offer or that you're offering some consulting. You've got to take time to learn who your customer is. You've got to take time to uh, build a relationship mm-hmm. with them, understand their why. And the, the, the minute that you do that, it, everything just gets a yeah. lot easier.
0: So, yeah. I deal with scope creep a lot at work. Scope creep a lot at work. So, there's a lot of push and pull. I had a meeting until yeah. six o'clock today where somebody was pushing against my scope creep. So, <laughs> <laughs>
2: so yeah. I mean, and it comes up. I mean, you, you, you'd be surprised, but especially in the areas of like construction. Design professionals, it's it's scope is a scope creep is a major issue. It's like, oh, oh oh, I thought you wanted X or I thought you wanted Y, but you really wanted Z. Well, Z is gonna cost you an extra twenty grand. So let's talk about that. Well, maybe we should have had this conversation eight months ago when we first started. Yep. Now we're at the end of it. Now I'm stuck because I want to get this project done and I'm not gonna go back over eight months and be like, okay, we can't spend this extra twenty grand. I'm gonna have to bite it mm-hmm. and do it. Yeah. We did, I didn't ask yeah. enough questions. I really didn't. So No,
0: and I, I think one thing that you said that is kind of a the the red thread through the whole thing to me is um the importance of listening. Right? If we start at listening, we should understand the client scope, we should understand the client uh where they're where they're coming from and what I and this is anecdotal, there, I don't have any data to back this up, but what I what I feel like I see a lot is most people come to a project or to uh, a friendship with what they can do in it, right? right? Like what mark am I leaving? I designed this building or I did this thing and it, it ceases to be collaborative and becomes a vehicle for their own edification. Mm, and yeah. I think if, what I where I've found the most personal fulfillment is when I do step back and, and shut up for a minute, which Aaron would argue I don't do well in the show, but <laughs> <No comment. laughs> but to really listen, like I feel like I really do know Aaron. I mean, we've been friends mm-hmm. for 25 years or somewhere yeah. in there or whatever, but yeah. uh, it is from listening. It is from really long oh, yeah. car rides just letting the other person talk. Sometimes it was me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it was him. Yeah, Yeah. But there's a deep friendship there because of it, right? I do think that's the foundational piece of a good solid relationship mm-hmm. whether that's a a best friend or a client
2: yeah. Yeah. Um, right. is that
0: ability to listen
2: yeah no absolutely you're absolutely right and and listening is an art form um i've i've taken some listening training classes with uh, some police negotiators wow. and those guys obviously listen mm-hmm. for a living and they you know it's for them it's life or death yeah. but you know when you think about it even for us it's life or death Right. I mean, you, you know, you you because you have those relationships with people where they're like, nah, I'm not sharing anything with this dude because he doesn't listen anyway. Yeah. And so you, you 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 miss out on opportunities where you can really interact with and help somebody yeah. out. And so act like 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 the guy that taught me really taught me, you know, some fundamental um, skills with with regard to active listening is he said, listen, Chickens hear well. Chickens have some of the best hearing out of any of the animals, and um, and that's that's great. Hearing is is a function of just hearing, but when you yeah. listen, you listen with your soul. Yeah. Hearing is is more of an auditorial thing, but when you listen, you listen with your heart and with your soul, and there's a deeper understanding yeah. there. And w- when it comes to the act of hearing someone or yeah. listening to someone. We always have to be better than chickens in this place. And we and we have I think that and we should have be a general rule for anything yeah, yeah. for anything. We be have to be than better chickens. than chickens. <laughs> be better than chickens when it comes to it. So and, and 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 it's 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 act actually listening and understanding and knowing what yeah. your weaknesses are. I know what mine are. Um and when it comes to active listening skills and the and the sins that I commit, like daydreaming and and you know, or as soon as you tell me something amazing. The minute that you share it with me, I'm already in my mind iterating that thought and thinking about how I could even improve mm. upon it. I'm mm-hmm. not so at that point. I'm not even listening <laughs> to you anymore. You may have the best idea in the world. You've only given me a snippet of it, but I've already ran with it and started daydreaming mm-hmm. and thinking about ways that I can improve upon it instead of letting yeah. you complete your thought. It can get lost in right. translation. Yeah, no, I think so. You know. It, yeah. yeah, absolutely, yep. absolutely. Yeah, it's it's it is. Uh, it's it's yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, listening is one of those things that you you have to constantly be evolving and you constantly be improving. Um, and it's just something that you you know, like I I say. I always use the example in my trainings of uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. When I talk about closing, like selling things, always be closing yeah. ABC. But I always say a- ABL, is to ABL as well, which is always be listening. Because that's where you're going to hear the most yeah. important things.
0: It's funny how much this whole conversation has just been circular in a way. Like we started with pausing yeah. when you speak, pausing to let people yeah. speak. And then we come back to listening Mm -hmm. at the end. Um, the value of relationships and the value of seem things that could seemingly be competitive, um, can really be a positive fuel to fire something better. Right. right? Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. um, absolutely. How can I do this? How, how do I put my mark on the Joe Rogan experience? If I feel like I can do a, you know, a long form conversation, like what, what does Daniel bring to that, um, to make it different? So, I, uh, yeah. yeah, this is a. It's this has been a very every, thematic mm-hmm. conversation. I think we've done well. Um, this is probably the most like on point, focused <laughs> thing we've ever done. That yeah. being said, Randy, I would like to listen to you, sir, because yes. at the end of every well, one, I should probably just get a bunch of coaching from you. <laughs> but at the at Same. the end of every one of our shows, Aaron likes to start a sentence and you finish it with whatever comes to mind, and I, oh. sir. I'm just going to listen. And if there's a long pause from you after he starts that sentence, I'm still just
1: going to listen. Okay, cool, cool. I love
2: this. I love this. All right, here we go. I wish I could. I wish I could um, sit down with Elon Musk and really figure out what this guy's Mm -hmm. thinking because I think he has some things up his sleeves that the world Mm -hmm. has yet to see and I, I honestly think that they they are a, 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 regardless of what the marketplace is doing if if i was going to bet on somebody i would bet mm-hmm. on elon musk to be successful and to and to really impact the world
1: look what i did is produced by aaron dotson and daniel quinn sound designed by daniel quinn our digital director is heather Hill.